All right, thanks for coming out on this rainy night, and uh, I appreciate that. So, um, if you would, just turn to uh, Galatians again right there. I'm going to have my glasses on most of the time because I'm, I'm having trouble with my eyes a little bit. So, uh, apologize for that. But uh, turn to Galatians chapter 6 and verse. look at verse 9. That's what I want to talk to you about today. The title of my sermon is Weary in Well-Doing. Weary in Well-Doing. In Galatians um, chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Now, I'd like to give you the basic dictionary definition, according to Webster's, of the word weary. Now, what's that mean? Well, it says in the dictionary, weary means having the strength exhausted by toil or exertion, worn out with respect to strength, endurance, etc., tired or fatigued. So that's what weary means. Now, the command in Galatians 6, 9 is to let us not be weary in well-doing. Not us not be weary in well-doing. The command is not be weary, okay? Why is that command necessary? Well, obviously, it's completely natural for us to be weary at times. Why is that? We're in our flesh right now. Our flesh is sinful, frail, and subject to very uh, numerous physical limitations. That's why the command is there. We have to be conscious of the fact that we're not supposed to be weary in well-doing. Now, Paul, the same one who said that, the same one, Paul, who said, be not weary in well-doing, also said in the book of Romans, he says, for I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. So Paul had a problem. He had a problem finding out how not to be weary. He told us, don't be weary. But even Paul had that problem. How? How do I make sure I don't get weary? He wanted not to be weary, but he seemingly could not find out how not to be weary in well-doing. He had the same problem we have. The problem is our flesh. And i got plenty of it. Okay, so I have that problem too. Okay? Now, if you're never weary, if you're never weary, I have to wonder about you. Okay? If you're never weary... Okay, it could be that maybe you're not working hard enough. Hard workers are often weary. Okay, uh, lazy people usually quit working before they even get close to being weary. So is that what Paul's saying to us? Be lazy, therefore avoid getting worn out, getting weary. Don't work, and thereby avoid becoming weary. Is that what Paul's saying? No, because the Bible says, "Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might." Do it with thy might. So the command is, assumes we're not supposed to be weary in well-doing. In other words, you should be doing something. You should work. But be careful not to be weary, uh, weary in that work, in that well-doing. Don't get weary of doing work of, of, good, of good work for the Lord. Now, God's people in the Bible often grew weary and tired. Okay, They often did. Okay? It's simply in our nature to grow weary, as I said. And if you let nature take its course, your flesh will allow you to grow weary. Your flesh will convince you that you should quit working. If you've ever worked a long day, and a lot of you out there have, I know, your flesh will convince you that you should quit working. Your flesh desires to rest. But if you listen to your flesh instead of the Spirit, you're going to quit working for the Lord. Now, hey, folks, it's only natural to grow weary. It's natural for you to want to quit. But if you're saved, you have some, something in you that's not natural. It's supernatural, and that's the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. Okay? So, what am I saying here? There are several times in life 
when it's very tempting to quit working for the Lord. There will be times in your life when you feel like throwing in the towel. Just face it. There, that, those times are coming your way. Don't assume that you're immune from that. Say, I'll, I would never quit. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Have you gone through everything that everyone else has gone through? And have you, have you gone through some major, major problems in your life? Maybe you have, and maybe you haven't quit during those times. But there's going to be times coming that you never foresaw. It'll come out of the out of left field, and you'll see it, and, and you'll see it coming, and you'll say, "Oh no, don't let that happen." And it'll happen to you. And when it happens, you got to make a decision: Are you going to quit, or are you going to stay working for the Lord? Okay, you'll feel like quitting, quitting church, quitting soul winning, quitting your Bible reading, quitting your prayer life, quitting everything and everything associated with the Christian life. Those times are going to come, guaranteed. Guaranteed those times are going to come. You're going to, you're going to have these types of experiences that your flesh will tell you, hey, just call it quits, throw in the towel. I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm going to, I'm going to quit all this stuff. You may not quit it altogether, but you won't, your heart won't be in it. Your heart won't be in to go into church. Your heart won't be in the soul winning. Your heart won't be into Bible reading or your prayer life. Your heart won't be in it because you just quit in your mind. You may be thrown through the motions. You might be doing the things that you know, you're supposed to do, but only because everyone thinks you're supposed to do that. But you in your mind have already quit. Don't let that happen. Don't be weary in well-doing. You're not immune to those, those temptations. If you're trying to live for God, you will get tempted to quit. You will get tempted to grow ever more weary in well-doing. That's a fact. Don't think weariness won't come your way. It's a very common thing for a Christian who's live, trying to live right, right, trying to live right. The Bible says, "Let him that uh, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall." There is no temptation taken you but such as such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but with the temptation also will make a way to escape that you may may be able to bear it. Um, you know what, these temptations that you're going to experience, they're common to man. Don't think that you're the only one going through them. Don't think that your situation is the, you're the only one that's going to experience that. No, it's common to man. It's happened before, it's going to happen in the future, and it's happening to other people on the face of the earth right now. Okay? It's not uncommon. The Bible says there's no take, temptation taking you but such as is common to man. There's going to be times when you're tempted to quit. Your flesh will become weary and well-doing. When are those times? Well, you'll be tempted to quit reading your Bible. Uh, when your Bible reading starts getting dry and boring, you'll be tempted to quit. You'll read just as much as you've always read, but it just seems like God's Word isn't speaking to you personally like it used to. Hey, when that happens, when that happens in your Bible reading, remember the psalmist who said, Open thou mine eyes, then I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. God wants you to get things out of his word. Open your eyes. Ask God. When that happens to you, when your Bible reading turns stale and it turns into boredom because it seems like there's, you're just not getting anything out of it and you read the same amount and you might even read more than you normally do and you're not getting what you should be getting out of God's word. Hey, wait a second. Open your eyes Ask God like the psalmist did, open thou my eyes. Ask God, open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. God answers prayer. Ask God. Ask God for help. Number two, you might be tempted to quit soul winning when it doesn't yield as many uh, people getting saved as it used to. 
Or you hit a dry period when you, when you witness and no one's getting saved. How many, have been, how many have been in that situation? Yeah, <laughs> no need to raise your hand, but that's okay. We all, anybody that's been soul winning for any length of time knows that you're going to hit a dry period. You're going to be getting a period where you go weeks, maybe, and no one seems to get saved. You see other people, oh, he got four, he got two, he got six. Oh, my goodness, how many did you get in the last week? None. How about the week before? Um, none. The week before? Uh, can we change the subject? <laughs> okay, listen, there's going to be dry periods like that, but you know what? Hey, Jesus said in John chapter 15, it says, he said, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye go forth and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and that whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Hey, you know what? Soul winning isn't about you. Soul winning is about you obeying the command of God and going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. So when you get that dry period, realize that, hey, as long as you're obeying God and doing what you're supposed to do, that's all that matters. Okay? It's not whether, you know, the, the people that are listening to you when you present the gospel, uh, they have something, uh, they have a responsibility to respond properly to the, the gospel. You cannot force them to get saved. But one thing you can do, you have control over yourself. And you have control as to whether or not you obey the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So, you'll be tempted to quit. Don't do it. Don't quit. That dry spirit is going to come. I guarantee it. Don't quit. Don't quit when that dry spirit comes. Okay? When the Bible reading gets dry, don't quit. When your soul winning gets dry, don't quit. Next, you'll be tempted to quit going to church. Uh, possibly. You'll be tempted to quit when going to church seems more like a chore than a pleasure. Okay? I've been there before. You'll be tempted to quit when going to church seems more like a chore and something you just kind of have to do rather than a pleasure. Okay? Hey, look at Hebrews chapter 10. Remember, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. As we get closer to the end times, come to church more and more and more. Okay? You'll be tempted to quit. It will, you know, there'll be times when you don't get as much out of it. You'll feel like, oh, you know... I've got all these problems, and going to church isn't solving all those problems. You'll be tempted to quit. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay? Hey, you'll be tempted. But, hey, going to church is not about having pleasure all the time. It's about you hearing the Word of God preached. Okay? Another thing, another area you'll be tempted to quit, in giving your tithes and offerings. This doesn't seem as pleasurable or as easy as it used to be. Uh, you know, if you've gone through some financial problems or whatever, you, you might... Be tempted. You might be uh, convinced that, oh, you know what? I can hold back on my tithe this week. I can hold back on uh, my giving. Okay? You'll be tempted to do that. But remember, hey, listen. God promises something to those who give. In, in the book of Malachi, in chapter 3, it says, Bring ye the tithes into the storehouse. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall be not be room enough to receive it. Now, hey, God says right there, prove me now herewith. It's, it's one of the, 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 the places, one of the only places in the Bible where it says, hey, God, God says, test me with this. Prove me. Okay? You want a blessing? 
Start tithing. Start giving your offerings. Prove God. God says, hey, don't be afraid to prove God. God, God told you to. Prove Him, okay? And He'll pour you out a blessing. And you know what? That blessing isn't automatically just a financial blessing. It isn't, okay? Sometimes the blessing that God gives you for obedience is a spiritual blessing. He might help you with your Bible reading. He might help you with that dry period you're going through. Okay? You say, why am I not getting my prayers answered? Why am I not getting my, my, you know, my Bible reading, getting anything out of it? Why am I go to church and it seems like I'm not getting anything? Why is that? Are, are you tithing? Are you giving money to God? Are you giving 10%, which is what the tithe is of your income, to God? Okay. Well, hey, have you, have you, te- have you tried to test God? He said, test me. Prove me now we're here with. He said, give it a try. What's, what are you going to lose? A few dollars? Okay. No, you're not even going to lose that. You know, God's gonna, I believe God's going to get the tithe no matter what. Okay. Now, you might as well just obey it and give the tithe anyway. Because, you know what, if you don't do those things, you know, you're not going to get the blessings. So, hey, bring your tithes into the storehouse. That's another area. If you're tempted to quit, just, just continue on with that and prove God. You'll be tempted to quit another area when someone in church criticizes you, criticizes you or offends you in some way. Be careful of that, okay? Someone's going to offend you. Someone's going to criticize you in church. You know, I don't like, you know, you know, I don't think people, and they're looking right at you, I don't think people should wear clothes like that, okay? And they're looking right at you, okay? Or, I don't, I don't you know, I don't think, uh, you know, you should go soul winning like that. I mean, you, you, I mean, I've heard you present the plan of salvation, and, you know, you're really stupid for doing that because blah, 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 blah. Okay. Hey, be, be careful. People are going to criticize you for whatever you do. If you try to do something for God, the devil likes to get people to criticize you so that you'll get offended and you'll quit. When someone at the church offends you or criticizes you in some way, remember in Ecclesiastes. Here, listen to this. Do you, you know, sometimes people just say stupid things. I know I've said a ton of stupid things before to people that I didn't mean to say and I felt bad about it afterwards. Maybe the, word, the way I phrased it wasn't correct. Maybe, maybe it didn't come. What I, what I said to that person was not exactly what I meant. Okay, you ever done that before? And it came across and you're like, oh man, I shouldn't have said that. And there wasn't time enough to correct it. And now you're stuck because that person thinks you're an idiot, you know? Okay? Hey, that can happen. But remember, remember, when someone in church offends you or criticizes you, Ecclesiastes says this Take no heed unto all the words that are spoken. Lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. For oftentimes, often, oftentimes also thine own heart knoweth that thou, thou likewise hast cursed others. Okay? We've all done things we're not proud of. Okay? When someone criticizes you, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay? Don't take it too seriously when someone says something negatively about, about you. Don't get offended. Great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing shall offend them, the Bible says. Don't let anything offend you. And if something does offend you, guess what? You don't love the Word of God. Okay? Concentrate on what God says. Okay? Don't worry about those things. All right? We're talking about being not weary in well-doing. Don't let these things affect you. And you won't get weary. Okay? Another area. You'll be tempted to quit. You'll be tempted to get weary and quit your well-doing when the pastor preaches against the sin in your life. Okay? Watch it. Watch it. Did you know that Pastor Tommy loves you? 
Do you know that God loves you? And you know what? If people love you, they're not going to let you get away necessarily with continued sin in your life. God's not going to do that. And Pastor Tommy, when he's up here preaching, he's not going to do that either. Okay? And he's going to eventually preach against your pet sin that you're still doing. And when that happens, you'll be tempted to quit because you'll get all, all upset. Okay, well, wait a second, wait a second. He loves you. Pastor Tommy loves you. And God loves you. And the reason he's preaching that way is because he loves you. If he didn't love his kids, he wouldn't spank his kids. Same way when he's up here in the pulpit. Okay, hey, John uh, chapter 8 says, He that is of God heareth God's words. Are you of God? Are you saved? Well, then hear God's words. And when Pastor Tommy preaches up here, listen to it. Listen to what God says. Okay? You'll be tempted to quit when he preaches against your sin, but listen to God's words and take it to heart. Next, you'll be tempted to quit when no one in church seems thankful for all the work you're doing around church. Okay? You'll be tempted to quit when, you know, uh, I cleaned up that mess over there and no one thanked me. You're going to quit over that? You're going to get mad over that? Okay? You, you, okay. What about, you know, I do the, this, uh, you know, I sang in church. I was up here with the choir. Nobody, nobody said thank you. Nobody said, hey, good job. Maybe I had played an instrument, you know. And, and no one came up to me afterwards and said, hey, man, that was an awesome job. Nobody did that. Okay. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You just quit and say, okay, I'll never do that again. No, no, you keep serving God. You keep doing things in the church. You keep helping cleaning up things. And you, uh, and you help. You know, if we're gonna, we we're going to be doing the, the lawn mowing here, and Pastor Tommy's going to be getting a new lawnmower, a new riding, riding lawnmower, and, and some folks are going to help out, hopefully, with uh, mowing the lawn. And uh, you know what? If you mow the lawn and no one comes up, and you know what? When you do something like that, and you actually put the work into it, guess who notices it more than anybody else? You do, because you did the work, okay? You know what? I think to myself, how many times do I come here and say, oh, wow, the grass is really, really looking nice. They mowed and did a nice job. I don't do that, okay? I'll be honest with you, okay? You know, I did it last week because Pastor Tommy happened to mention about the lawnmower, okay? But I don't do that. But you know what? How many hours it takes to do this whole big area there? I mean, I don't know. Jason, how, many, how, many, how long does it take to do the whole thing? About an hour and a half? Sometimes two hours? That's a lot of work. Okay? But you know what? Did, did I ever thank you for doing that, Jason? You don't think so. Okay. Are you going to quit mowing the yard? No. Did you hear that? Okay, guess what? Nobody thanked him for that. I didn't. I certainly didn't. Okay? But he's going to keep doing it anyway. You keep doing what God wants you to do. Even when people are unthankful, okay, you'll be tempted to quit when no one says, hey, thank you. question is, in Galatians, it says, for now do I persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Are you doing the work to please men or to please God? Just ask yourself that question, okay? Do it because you're doing it to please God, okay? Now, next you might be tempted to quit when the preaching of God's word no longer excites you, no longer inspires you like it used to, okay? 
Well, that could be because, you know, according to James chapter 1, it says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Okay? If you're constantly listening to the word of God preached, if you're constantly reading your Bible, but yet you don't do anything yourself to serve God, there's going to be a problem. Because, um, you know, it's like this. The, uh, the Dead Sea in Israel, right, as an example, has water flowing into it all the time, right? But it doesn't have any outflow, okay? And, and it ends up all, and, and it just, the water just evaporates out of the Dead Sea, okay? And so it's got inflow, but it doesn't have outflow. What's the, what, what's the result of that? There's no life in the Dead Sea, none. It's too salty. It's too, you've got too many minerals in it. The problem with the Dead Sea is the same problem you're having. Okay, you've got inflow. You're hearing the preaching. You've got inflow. You're going. You're you're, you're listening to God's word bring, being preached. You've got inflow. You've got inflow. You're reading your Bible, but yet you don't have any outflow. You're not telling anybody else about Jesus. You're not going soul winning. You're not trying to help other people. You just take it all in, take it all in, take it all in, and never give anything out. Okay, what's the problem with that? You're going to die just like the Dead Sea. You'll be tempted to quit. And when the word of God being preached no longer excites you, no longer inspires you like it used to when you first got saved, realize that, hey, you need to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Inflow, yes, but also outflow. You have to have input. You have to have output. Next, you'll be tempted to quit when you lose your job or have financial difficulties. We've all been through this, okay, especially the guys, okay. If you have financial difficulties... Guys, we have a we we're 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 more attuned to those things. It affects us more because we're the ones that are responsible in most families. The, the guys are for the financial success of our family. You'll be tempted to quit when you lose your job or have financial difficulties. But remember Philippians four nineteen. Okay, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He'll supply all your need, not all your wants, but all your needs. Don't be tempted to quit when you lose your job or have financial difficulties. Ask God to supply your needs. Ask for his help. Okay? My God shall supply all your needs. He's not going to supply you with all your wants. You know, that nice new bass boat, that nice new fishing, fishing reel, you know, that, uh, you know uh, that nice new car, you know. He might give you an old junker. But you know what? That old junker can probably get you from point A to point B. He's not going to supply your wants necessarily, okay? But he will supply at least your needs because he's your chi- he's your father. You're his child. Ask him. Ask and you shall receive. Okay? You don't be tempted to quit when financial problems come your way. You'll be tempted to quit. Another area when you when a loved one dies and you feel like part of you died as well. You'll be tempted to quit when a loved one dies, and feel like, you, and you'll feel like part of you died as well. Remember, Psalms 23: Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff they comfort me. Okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to have a loved one die. You're going to have a friend die. You're going to have maybe even a spouse who dies, or a mom or a dad, or a brother or a sister, or someone you care about. Remember, God will comfort you, and don't use that as an excuse to quit. Okay, don't use that as an excuse to quit. 
Next, you'll be tempted to quit when a loved one disappoints you or betrays you. You'll be tempted to quit when a loved one disappoints you or betrays you. Okay? Just remember, Psalm 27 says, When my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Okay? You're going to have people that forsake you. You're going to have people that disappoint you. I guarantee it. If you're trying to do what you're supposed to do for God, if you're living for God, you're going to have people that disappoint you. Listen. Don't get overly consumed with that. But realize that even if your mother and father forsake you, the Lord will take you up. Okay? God will help you. He's your friend. He loves you. He's your father. Okay? Don't be tempted to quit when that happens. What a friend we have in Jesus. He will never leave us or forsake us. Hey, he's the creator of the universe. You think he's going to leave you or forsake you when that's what he promised? If you're saved? No, he won't. Okay? These things are going to happen. You'll be tempted in another area to quit when you get <clears throat> past the age at which most people get married, and yet you're, you haven't found a spouse yet. You'll be tempted to quit. Hey, you know what? Psalm 37 uh, don't be dismayed. Don't be dismayed at that. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you, shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Delight also, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Wait on the Lord. Don't get dismayed. Don't be, get tempted to quit if that happens to you. Get past, you know, what age you think you're supposed to be married at. Okay? Don't let that happen to you. Okay? Seriously. God's got somebody special out there for you. He shall give you the desires of your heart, the Bible says. Shall. Not maybe. Not hopefully. Shall. Okay? What's the condition? Well, you've got to delight yourself in the Lord. If you do that, He shall give you the desires of your heart. And I also believe that that means that He'll give you right desires. He shall give you the desires of your heart. In other words, He'll put the desires in you, the right kind of desires. Okay? And if you delight thyself in the Lord, you'll have right desires, and God will fulfill and deliver upon those right desires. He'll give thee the desires of thine heart. Don't be tempted to quit when that happens. You'll be tempted to quit when sickness or disease prevents you from being active. You'll be tempted to quit when sickness or disease prevents you from being active. Okay? And it's going to happen to you. Most everybody in this room is relatively healthy. hasn't happened to you yet necessarily. Okay, You'll be tempted to quit, though, when it happens. Proverbs 17 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Uh, don't get all depressed when sickness comes. Even if it's a bad sickness, don't get all depressed. Okay, You'll be tempted to quit. But remember, try to have a merry heart. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Okay, Merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Uh, go to the doctors, yeah, do what they say, maybe, you know, if they're decent doctors, okay, and not some quack. But most important is rely on the great physician, and that's Jesus Christ. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, okay. Uh, if you're all gloomy and all down about your physical problems, okay, just remember, hey, this is true. God's word is true. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. That's from the word of God. Okay? Have a merry heart. Be happy. Okay? Be joyous. And that'll bring more I, I guarantee you that'll do more for you probably than most doctors will be able to do for you. So don't be tempted to quit when that happens. Realize it's happening. Ask God for help. 
and have a merry heart. It'll do you better than all the medicine a doctor will give you. Next, you'll be tempted to quit when a boss or a leader fails you. You'll be tempted to quit when a boss or a leader or someone in leadership fails. We've seen a little bit about that lately. Okay? Psalm 118 says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Now, hey, this, you know, don't be, don't be taken by all the stuff that's going on in the new IFB movement and all the problems in the old IFB either. Okay? Okay? You know what? Man is sinful. And you know what? That includes pastors also. That includes leaders. That includes people that are in authority. All right? Now, when that happens, remind yourself that you're not supposed to be following them unless they follow Christ, number one. And number two, that your confidence is not in man. It should be in the Lord. It is better to put trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I had that exact same scenario happen. I've had two pastors that have fallen. Okay? My one in, in Milwaukee ended up, you know, I thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I believe he did some very good things. I believe he was a saved man. But he ended up having an affair with a lady in the church and had to leave the pastor. That was very devastating. I felt like quitting after that. I felt like giving up. I felt like no longer being doing good. Doing, uh, I, I got weary in well-doing is what happened. I got weary in well-doing. Don't let that happen to you. Got back on my feet. Decided, okay, it happened. I'm not following that man necessarily. I'm following God. Even though he fell, I started doing what I was supposed to do. And, and my next pastor was awesome, Brother Jack Hiles. And, but then he died. And then a guy came along named Jack Scott that disappointed me again. That guy ran off with us and had regular encounters with a 16-year-old girl. Okay? Well, he had other problems as well. Trust me. I never did fully trust that guy. But the thing is, you're going to have leaders that, that disappoint you. You're going to have leaders that fall. But don't be affected by that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Okay? Hey, don't let those things stop you. Many events and tragedies will doubtless come our way, but each of us has the potential to trip up situations which foist a major temptation upon us, but the great temptation is to grow weary in well-doing. Well weary in well-doing. Those are times in which it's easy to give up and it's, simply, uh, and, and it's easy to simply quit working for God. Watch out. Watch out when things like this happen. Okay? Do not kid yourself. Those times will be coming for each and every one of us. There's no temptation taking you but as such as is common to man. Common. These things are common. Okay? Don't, don't think this is some strange thing happening unto you. Okay? These things are common. They're going to happen. Okay? But wait. And don't let them affect you when they do happen. So how do we take heed lest we fall? How? Well, that's the problem Paul said. Remember what Paul said? We quoted that in the beginning here somewhere. Okay. All right. Yeah, Paul. He said, For I know that in me that is in me my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good I find not. How to perform that which is good I find not. How do you be weary and well, not be weary in well-doing? Even Paul had the problem. 
So how do we take heed? How exactly do we make sure that we do not succumb to the temptation to quit, to throw in the towel, to become weary in well-doing? Well, three quick points, and then uh, we're going to be out of here in just a little bit. Number one, you must realize that success, listen to this, you must realize that success is on the same road as failure. But you know what? Success is just a little bit further down the road than than, than, than failure is. Did you hear that? Listen to that again. You must realize that success is on the same road as failure, but success is just a little bit further down the road. Too many of us give up way too early in the game. We're all going to fail at some point. It's inevitable. But the question is, what are you going to do when you fail? What are you going to do when you've already started to get weary in well-doing? You're going to quit? You're going to get... Or are you going to get up, uh, you know, dust yourself off, get back on the road again? The Bible says, A just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Seven times. Okay? Seven times. All right? Hey, it would be a tragic thing for you to quit, to quit, only to find out later that only if you had only waited on the Lord a little bit longer, you would have had great success. Don't give up too soon. Don't give up too soon. Hey, you must realize that success is on the same road as failure, but it's just a little bit, little bit further down the road. And if you quit right here, you're never going to get the success when it was only just a few inches away from you and you didn't even realize it. We don't have a vision that, that God has. We can't see down that road, but trust the one who can see down that road. Don't give up too early. Don't quit on the eve of success. And you know how, here, uh, Brother Howes, uh, my old pastor, used to say this. You know how you have success? Do you know what success is? Here's what success is. You ready? You try something, and you fail. You do it again. You fail. And 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 you fail, 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 and fail, and you fail, and fail, and fail, and fail, and then you win. You have success. You've got to realize that success in life is built upon many, many, many failures. And if you quit too soon, if you quit before you reach that end point, you're never going to have success. Okay? Realize that it's on the same road success is as failure. It's just a little bit further down the road. Okay? Next. Realize that great men and women in the Bible experienced tragic events and went through circumstances where they could have easily quit following the Lord. Easily they could have. But they chose not to be weary in well-doing. They chose not to be weary in well-doing. They made a conscious decision to keep on going and went on to do great things for the Lord. Look at Joseph as one example. Joseph, who seemingly had some of the worst things happen to him, he was falsely accused by his brothers who thought his dream was an attempt to present himself as Lord over all of his brothers. That wasn't true at all. Joseph was thrown in a pit by his brothers because they were jealous of him. He was sold into slavery. Into slavery. And after that, he worked hard and diligently for his master, master and was yet falsely accused again by the master's hussy of a wife and was promptly thrown in prison left to rot. You know the rest of the story. He ended up being second in command in all of Egypt, and he saved all his brethren during the seven years of famine. He didn't give up. He didn't throw in the towel. He kept going for God 
even in spite of all the terrible things that happened to him, realized that great men and women in the Bible experienced tragic events and went through circumstances where they could have easily quit, but they chose not to. And then they went on to success. Look at Job as another example. Job in the, in the Bible. He lost everything he had, his property, his family, his friends, his wealth, his standing in the community, and even his health. But the Bible says in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. In the end, Job stood firm and refused to give up on God. He ended up his life being greatly blessed by God, who gave Job, according to the Bible, twice as much as he had before. Twice as much as he had before. Had Job quit, had he thrown in the towel, God would have not done that. Okay? But he ended up with twice what he had before. Great men in the Bible follow their example. And great people in the Bible. Third and last is realize that all that matters is what is done for eternity. Uh, all that matters is what is 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 what is done for eternity. Okay, young people have a hard time understanding this concept sometimes because they they haven't lived long enough. Um, but the older I get, the more I, I realize this truth is real and very relevant. All that matters is what is done for eternity. Whereas the Bible says, "Where are ye, uh, I'm sorry. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It's a, even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away." Another verse says, "Therefore, my beloved brethren, brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, it's not in vain." Hey, the hymn says, let us labor for the Master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and all our work is done and the role is called up yonder, I'll be there. Look, our work for God here on earth will be worth it. I guarantee it. But more importantly, God guarantees it. God promised it. Don't be weary in well-doing. Stick with it. Don't quit. Don't quit. Then you'll hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of our Lord. That's the words we should want to hear. That's the words we should want to hear. Don't quit. A friend of mine, in conclusion, a friend of mine wrote a poem called Don't Quit. It goes like this. When the cup is turned to wormwood and the wormwood turns to gall, when your walking turns to stumbling and the stumbling to a fall, when you've climbed above the mountains and yet the Alps rise rough and tall, don't quit. When the path ahead is crooked and the road's too tough to tread, when the best upon the table is replaced by sorrow's bread, when you've crossed some troubled waters and a Mara is just ahead, don't quit. When the vultures have descended and disturbed your downy nest, when sweet fruit has changed to thistle while the thorns disturb your rest, when deep to deep is calling and when failure seems your best, don't quit. When the Lord has cleansed the table, when he takes away the fat and the best wine has been taken and you'll find an empty fat, when another fills the th throne room where once you proudly sat, don't quit. When your health is feeling sickly and the medicine tastes bad, when your fellowship is lonely and your happiness is sad, 
When your warmth is getting colder and in clouds, your your sunshine is clad, don't quit. When you find your wins are losses and all your gains are lax, when ill things never come alone and your troubles run in packs, when your soul is bruised and battered from the tempter's fierce attack, don't quit. Be not weary in well-doing, for due seasons bring the grain. He who on the Lord hath waited shall never run in vain. The just man falleth seven times, but yet rises up again. Don't quit. Now that poem was written by, a, by my former pastor, Jack Hodges, who taught me how to go soul winning. He had numerous attacks against him, was falsely accused, had numerous personal heartaches, and several physical ailments that most people never even knew about, but yet he had, he had every reason in the world to grow weary in well-doing and had ample opportunity to simply call it quits, but he had an unstoppable determination to keep on going for the Lord. Unstoppable. And you know what? I think our pastor here at Liberty Baptist Church is a lot like that too. I don't know about you, but I'm going to take their example, them both as examples, to follow as they have followed Christ. Let's keep on going, folks. Don't quit. The small amount of time we, and effort we spend for God here on earth will be worth it when we see Jesus. Okay? That's all i got to say. Thank you for listening. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your time tonight. And I pray that you'll help us not to quit for you. Help us to rely upon what you said and your promises. And help us to realize that eternity is coming pretty, pretty soon. And we're all going to be in heaven someday. And all that matters really is what we've done for you here on earth. Please help us to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.